everyone to this week's episode of Grapplecast. It's me, your host, Taryn, and I'm joined by Dan, Joe, and Jamie. Hello. What up, Boos? Hello, my trouble chief. How are we? Yeah, my dog. All good. How are you? Not bad. A a little bit ill. A little bit. I've got whatever my son's got. I feel like every six or seven weeks of doing the show, I go, oh, I've got something my son's got, so... He's got a chest and an ear infection, so the wife had to take the first two days of the week off to look after him. And then she was like, oh, well, if he's not well enough by Wednesday, you'll have to go. Oh, he was well enough straight to the child miners <laughs> on Wednesday, don't you worry. He'd been dosed up on his antibiotics from the doctors. Um, so, no, so he's he's getting a bit better, but now we're obviously starting to get what he's had. But it, Do you know what will make you say, feel better? Go on. Listening to a bad bunny album. I, sometimes euthanization might be slightly easier. Or you could watch NXT. I revert to my previous statement. Or you could watch AEW. I revert to it. No, I tell you, I tell you what though. I um, I did, I did read. So I haven't watched Dynamite, but I read perhaps one of the most stupid, stupid booking storyline decisions I think I've ever seen regarding Samoa Joe. Now, I'm not sure if Jamie has seen, so I don't know whether we can talk, since it's not going to be a spoiler for our listeners. Cause it it's the only thing I have seen, to be fair. Have Dan and Joe, have you seen? I've seen what he's done, and I also wanted to talk about a new signing that I'm very excited about. But if Jamie Which hasn't I have seen, seen it, as well. It's oh, some woman happy. I've never heard of before. We've seen a wrestle. Mariah May. Well, well we're glamour. Let, t- tell us about Mariah then, because I saw she was all elite, and then I'll have my rant about Samoa Joe, and then we'll talk about the, the Crown Jewel Jack. Yeah, but we didn't really know of her. We saw um, a wrestling company called Showmasters. They wrestled down Cardiff Bay last year, and Mariah May faced Ellie Taylor, who's like a Cornish wrestler. She's really good, and she dropped the belt. Um, and then ever, and ever since she dropped that belt, she's been wrestling in Stardom oh, for the past year. Yeah. And she's been absolutely smashing it. And I think Tiffany Stratton doing really well in NXT. AEW thought, oh, well, we need to be like WWE. Who can we get? And they saw that Mariah May was absolutely crushing it in stardom, was doing really well. So they, there's been rumours for months that she's on her way. But she is a really, really good wrestler. She's seasoned, well-travelled, um, and she acts and works the part. I think she will be a people's favourite. She was ranked 95th on this year's PWI Women's 250. So there you go. She at least made it into the top 250 women's wrestlers in the world. With the greatest of respects, I don't know how they managed to find 250 quality female wrestlers that um, have done enough to warrant being on a list. But they they obviously have. They obviously have. Um Anyone let, can make let, lists, Aaron. Chris Jericho made a list and he put Ring Announcers and Mick Foley on there. So anyone can make a list. certainly did. Right, let's have and a look Chins at the... McMahon. Yeah. Have a... So th- this isn't the quiz. And this is going very much on, on a tangent. But um, who was who was number one in the women's top 250 this year? Oh, was of it, all, it was... Of, of everybody. It, it was an AEW like, everyone, or anything. Then surely it's Bianca Belair, isn't it? Joe's favourite. She was third... Fair enough. I thought she would be with the role that she had. Jade Cargill was really unbeaten for a while. So. Think of the most obvious who really does deserve Charlotte it. Flair. No, Charlotte Flair was... She didn't really wrestle last year, though, did she? Not um, in the top Obviously, 10. you've got Becky Was it Lynch. WWE or AEW? Give us a clue. It was WWE. 
Bit of Becky Lynch. Lynch. Mm, Becky Lynch was not in the top ten this year. Bailey. Um, Bailey was not in the top ten this year. Not Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley, of course, number one. Oh, well, he, said, he said that like five minutes ago. No, I didn't. <laughs> they, um, obviously, that's why I didn't say it because I thought you just said no when Dan said Rhea Ripley, surely. And surely Britt Baker's up there, Hikaru Shida. Um, I, well, I don't think Britt got... Baker will be high up this this year because she hasn't really done well, a lot. She's, she's the got, devil, um, isn't she? Number number two, we've she's got Jiraiya. I hope I'm Who? pronouncing that right. She is from London, England. There you go. She is an Italian Japanese, English born Italian Japanese. There you go. That's a mouthful. Currently signed to World Wondering Stardom, where That's she's the stardom. current, well, she's the current Artist of Stardom champion. There you go. Yeah. So she is number two. Bianca Belair, three. Jamie Hayter, fourth this year. Okay. Uh, who we got fifth? Tam Nakano. Fifth, yeah. Athena in sixth. Oh God. Diana Perazu seventh. Diana Perazu should be a lot higher. Like she well, is she's probably... seventh. At least she's in the top ten. Yeah. Hello, uh, Nightingale, number eight. Camille. Uh, you know who Camille is. She held the NWA Women's Title for like seven hundred days. There we go. Uh, she's ninth, and rounding off the top ten this year. Um, Jordan Grace, Jordine Grace, Jordine Grace. There we go. The the one who's lost a lot of a lot of weight and is now a uh, a bodybuilder, effectively. Well, we saw her last week in Coventry. Well, there you go. She made it. Did she say just to let you know? I came tenth this year, everybody. No, but Rhino said, "Welcome," and I love Coventry. <laughs> yes, well, of course he would do. <laughs> Give me who the number one in the men's end. So obviously this is the PWI 500. Roman who Reigns. was number one this year? Roman, Roman Reigns. Yeah. Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns was number two. Oh. <laughs> was it? Um, oh, was it MJF John, then? John, surely. John Smoxley. MJF. John Moxley was number three. MJF. Seth Rollins. MJF was number six. Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins was number one. There you are. You got Rollins, Reigns, Moxley, Gunther in fourth, El Hijo del Vikingo. Well done. There you are. Number five, MJF six. Um, Akada is seventh. Oh, right. Oh. Oh, no, no. I can't <laughs> do this right. These, I mean... This is supposed to be what, the top what's wrong? ten. It's Darby Allen or, or it's no, it's it. you, don't, you already world. know who it is. It's, it's, it's in the world. It's freshly squeezed at number eight. Number oh, sorry, it's not, hang on. One, two, three, four, five, six. It's set seventh, eighth, yeah, eighth. Orange Cassidy. I've yeah, it's true. Have you not seen the year mm-hmm. he's had? Josh Alexander, number nine, and Cody Rhodes rounds off the top. Whoa. Where was Cody last year? Cody was sixth last year. He's only tenth this year. Reigns was first last year. He has adrenaline in his soul. Something, something. Cody Can't believe Viking goes so high. I mean, he has had some really decent matches. Triple R world champion. That boy can do some flips, mind. Well, Carter was second last year and was... What eight, uh, seven? Yeah. Sorry, seven this year. Wrestlers yeah. who were in the top ten last year who haven't even made it into the top ten this year: 
CM Punk third last year, Adam Page fourth, Bobby Lashley fifth, Brian, Brian Danielson Daniel. was seventh, Big E ninth, that's obvious as to why, and Jonathan Gresham was tenth. He's married to Jordine Grace. Well, there you go. Who made it into the top ten this year? He was tenth last year. She year. was tenth this year. It woman. was meant to be. It was meant to be. Well, there we go. Who was that? Um, so I was looking at like top, like five hundred PWI pro wrestling thingy, and there's a person, Masha Slamovich. Yeah, that's uh, she's a woman. She's um a t- uh, impact tag women's tag team champion with. But she's um, not in the men's, is she? No, she's, she's a woman. 50. She's a woman, yeah. She tags with um, Killer Kelly. The PWI top 500, 15th. What? Look. I mean, There's she's a bit good. of a mix going Masha on here. Slamovich. They haven't done a PWI tag team 100 this year. It they might be for a work in GCW. She was facing, um, what's his face, Luke Cage in a few matches. So that, that could be why. I mean, if you think, think about um, what's her face, who won the Impact World well, There is no other woman on here. Yeah, what can be see. done? China was in the men's rumble. Why not? Masha Slamovich, fifteenth. That. That, that's higher than Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, Bobby Lashley, Will Ospreay, so, Brian obviously. Danielson. Obviously, fair. Chris that's Jericho, Kenny Omega, Drew McIntyre, Matt Cardona, Jay White. I mean, that's not a bad. Zack Saber Junior, Solo Sokoa, Kenta, Austin Theory, Wardlow, Darby Allen, Edge, Sammy Guevara, Rey Mysterio, Sheamus. Right. I just I still can't get over the fact that Orange Cassidy was in the top ten. And deservedly so. I just it, have you not seen the year squad? I've seen the year he had, and a lot of it was to do with bad booking when people get like Moxley get injured, so they just panic and throw the title back on him. Well, Surely they're fighting each other at full gear. Well, yeah, but I'm worried that he'll retain this time because they can't Good. have him lose twice it. in a row to him. He deserves Well, if he, if he retains, who knows? He might make it into the well, top that, five really, next year. He had a really good promo, obviously, on AEW, talking about how he needs to beat him to make this title feel like proper and worth again. Like He has kind of gone away a little bit from his gimmick. He is a little bit more, shall we say, serious. He has obviously got that little bit of a... Um, when he stops putting his hands in his pockets and rolling around and pretending to kick people, then I'll that's the best bit. Well, if that's the best bit, then I'm going home. You Do should me. see those kicks are lethal. I'd like to see you try and take some of those kicks. They'll break your back. You're going like, on. You didn't even stay up for Crown Jewel. I haven't even watched it. <laughs> I, I was watching the football. I was watching my mighty Blackpool win. Demolish Bromley. You're forgetting, like, over the last 30 years nearly, I have watched it nearly every single pay per view live at 1 a.m. We watched True. the pre show as well. Well, I would, yeah. I, I would hope so at that time. Well, then, um, we'll break four down. o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> we'll break down the event in a moment. I just did want to just quickly touch on the bad booking of Samoa Joe this week. Well, so why is it bad booking? So, I don't understand at all why someone who is holding a mid-car title technically in a different promotion as well would Mm -hmm. say 
I am going to vacate this title so I can go for the AEW World Championship. On okay. what planet, in what company, under what rules and regulations has it ever been that somebody could not hold a mid-card title? If anything, back in the day, you had to be, for example, the intercontinental champion or a higher mid-card champion to even have a shot at facing the world champion because that was a stepping stone that's why the intercontinental title for example in the wwe back in the 80s and early 90s was so recognized as being this the big secondary title because you almost had to have been the champion currently or just been the champion to fight for the world title so why would you say here i am as a champion i no longer want to be this champion so i can go for the bigger championship not Mm -hmm. only does that not make sense to me that also devalues the championship that you've currently got because you're basically saying compared to the world title this is worthless i don't want it and i want that i did not agree jamie i, I can dan see and you I, shaking I, your head like, and dan is as well i'm hoping that joe is at least let me hear from joe first because we know what your thoughts are joe's joe. gonna be on the side of us yeah i mean the ultimately like if you have two titles, then fair enough, you've got two titles. But like Samoa Joe doesn't need the Ring of Honor television title. He's had it for so long that the promo basically said, I'm the most dominant um, Ring of Honor television champion of all time. Nobody could beat me. So I'm just giving it up because nobody's going to beat me for this. I'm just going to give somebody else a chance, basically. That's the way I took it. Go on, Go on Dan. Yeah, my thoughts and case and point in Impact TNA. If you are the X Division champion at a certain time of the year, you can go for what they call Option C, which is vacating the X Division championship to have a world title shot. It's been a well-established thing for over ten years. So in that I would company, know that he doesn't even know what TNA is. In that it's company, it works fine. In NXT, Keith Lee was the North American champion, and he wanted to take a step up. So he used the fact that he was a champion to go for the world title. But when he got the world title, he then vacated the North American title. Well, at least he did that once he got the world title. But with Samoa Joe, he held the title until he was the longest reigning champion and then realised that this is a title to help elevate newer talent. He always wants to be the world champion. He's helping MJF and he knows he's going to get a new title shot for the world title. And he's confident he's going to pick that belt up. So there's no point carrying it on like Gunther now, you know, set the record, keep it going. No, vacate that title. I'm going for the world title. So although, yeah, it is a little bit weird that he's just put it in the middle of the ring, there's plenty of times a title has been vacated. Asuka, when she got called up from NXT, she vacated it to go to the main roster. I think as long as they actually do it, that he gets a title shot and potentially he may even take the title off MGF, they can make it work. But if he goes for a title and he loses again, he just has no belts, then yeah, it is a bit weird. But in in many other promotions, they made it work yeah, okay, AEW's not very good at making storylines and things work often, but with this one, I don't think it's going to be a detriment to the title or a detriment to Samoa Joe. I think they're both going to make it work. You you make a good point about Gunther. What if Gunther on SmackDown on Friday said, I'm the record-holding Intercontinental Champion and I want to face Roman Reigns for the world title, the Undisputed title, whatever it is. So therefore, even though I finally brought Prestige back to this title... I'm now going to lay it down in the ring and just vacate it, and I'm not going to be chopping it. Well, he can't, because just... 
he's um, the Miz won a fit or four-way match on Raw to become the new number one contender. And a he week did. or two beforehand, well, two weeks beforehand, he had a promo against the Miz saying that he didn't matter and he wasn't relevant. And it's all about, you know, nobody. Same with Gunther when he had the um, the UK title. He had that for two, three years. You know, the, the, I think it's been like only two months in his entire contract um, that he's never actually held a title with Gunther. That he brings prestige, he brings honour yeah. to that. Um, he will drop it, whether he drops it to the Miz. Whether I, I think he will drop it just before WrestleMania because. Oh, I, I of, agree. I agree. I just, I just don't think it would do the. Not necessarily him, just the ti- the title, him or the title, really, any good, saying I'm no longer going to be Intercontinental Champion. Ultimate Warrior at WrestleMania, faced, he, he held both belts. It, it, it can be done. Kane, um, I think it Kane... It can, yeah, he can hold both belts, so Triple why H, drop Kane, um, Triple H held both belts in 2002. So with the Intercontinental title, it has the procedure being held also by the World Champion. So I think yeah. that makes that argument mute, because it's been done by two former World Champions who've held both t- the belts. So... It, he could technically hold the belt and do what the Ultimate Warrior and what Triple H has also done. So it makes that argument moot in a way. Yeah, but that that's what I'm saying. He why why would why would he drop the title and just say he wouldn't I'm not because gonna... it, it, it yeah, wouldn't he make wouldn't. sense. So why should Samoa Joe? But for when say, you're trying you know, to say you, that this is a prestigious title, which all say for North American be. title, Keith Lee did it in NXT. Um, it's been done previously. Terrible, he, terrible. He went for the world title and he vacated the North American. So it has been done before. It has been made to make sense. So I think watch this space, see where it goes. You know, the story is just being told. We're only on chapter one of this story. So let's we see how know it how he's going to win. MJF retains. Come on then, Jamie. Right. Literally. Right. you got to think of it this way. Right. Moving Samoa on Joe, to crowd. Get... <laughs> Samoa Joe, like I said, has dropped his title so he can focus on the world title. If he is a Ring of Honor TV champion as he is, which, as you said, is a separate company. So as a champion in a separate company, he has obligations. He has to have matches. He has to defend that title. He wants to be fit. He wants to be ready so he can go for MJF and his title. So if he's a champion, he's still going to have to matches. He's still going to have to defend that pay-per-view and still appear on different TV shows. No, he can now technically be AEW exclusive, just appear on AEW and go for that title. That is the answer you're looking for, Taryn. You're welcome. Well, let, let's see what our valid listeners think of. Let us know. Do you agree? The truth. <laughs> And now you're in bad because you're like, no, that actually does make sense. <laughs> the crown jewel, I'm sure that was on on Saturday. Let's move on. Well, it was on it? Saturday. It was on Saturday, but you didn't watch it on Saturday, did you? Uh, Karen did. No, I did. I did. I did. I watched it. I just watched it after it. You had to wait until Strictly, and then you had to watch it. I don't watch Strictly. I watch the football. I'm weeks behind. Strictly, Strictly, Strictly Kim Um But we did. We had the nine match, including pre-show crown jewel. I'm going to make a start by saying I was slightly disappointed. I felt it wasn't musty viewing, and I, yeah, I I don't know. I just I didn't enjoy it as much as we had Miss TV. We had a Grayson Waller effect. What more do you want in life? It was yeah, it was okay. Just knows. It did, it, and I said to you guys on the chat, I said this arena feels weird because when they had, when they've had the previous Super Showdowns, the Greatest Royal Rumble, the Crown Jewel. It's been in big open air stadiums like WrestleMania has. This was in a lot smaller closed roof stadium. It felt just felt it felt like a smaller event. It didn't feel like the spectacle that they try and make Crown Jewel feel. Apart from as you did allude to, Dad, there was a big jewel above the ring. 
And they're building a WWE experience across the road. I mean, what more do you want? That is interesting. And I feel that's a bit of an insult to the Western audience and certainly the American audience. Yeah, but how many, for how many years now, I know this isn't the same, but for how many years have people been saying the WWE Hall of Fame doesn't really feel that legitimate because there isn't a physical Hall of Fame like there is for other sports, sporting brands out there, sporting you know companies. We need a physical Hall of Fame, and they've been teasing it and going, "Yeah, we're thinking about it. It's all location. Where's it go?" Blah, blah blah. But now they're quite. I know it's not a Hall of Fame, but it's kind of a similar type of thing because this is everything, you know, but the Hall of Fame of what it would look like the WWE experience, and they're building it on the other side of the world, even you know. For, for a Western audience to get to. Almost feels a bit like you're doing this in the wrong place. Picture this though, Taryn. It's 2034. It's the World Cup. You're travelling over to watch your mighty England and we're travelling over to watch well, the I mean, mighty Wales. World, <laughs> early thoughts. Yeah, and while we're over there in Jeddah, we can pop in and go to the WWE experience. I'm just laughing at Wales getting to the World Cup. Why not? If Wales get to that World Cup, then... We agree. I would we're saying it now. In the <laughs> we're all, we'll all go. We'll all go over to Saudi to watch it. All of us, because we'll obviously be there as England fans, um, and we'll go to the experience. Let's do. We could do all the big magical weekend. You know, do a bit of everything. What What did we think overall before we break down each match then? Because uh, again, I just kind of allowed came out of it. Just okay. Yes, I, I agree, Joe. We don't um, know. We're both saying yeah. we prefer watching it back. Like watching it like in the morning because when they've got the segments and the promo like oh oh so and so is happening on NXT this week and this is what so and Bobby Lashley looks like and you're wasting 15 minutes on like promos and backstage and vignettes and stuff I can fast forward those if I if it's already there but when we were actually there I, I enjoyed every single match you know I wasn't the only time I was bored was during the Smackdown women's title match and I went and made tea during that one but other than that, I actually really enjoyed the show. Well, give us your thoughts then on the pre-show, because whilst we um, predicted it, I, I didn't watch it. And obviously we know that, that Jamie didn't. I mean, we all went for Sami Zayn, so we all automatically get a point. But give us your thoughts on that. I did see that um, J.D. McDonough did have some sort of like nasty bruising type injury or burn. He, like, um, friction so burn Sami or something, Zayn was, was it? going to do a monkey flip in the middle of the ring send in uh, J.D. McDonough to do a, a somersault and land on his back. But it was kind of like not in the middle of the ring. It was like towards the ropes. So if J.D. was to do the full 360, he would have like fallen in the ropes and fallen on his head. So he kind of had to like talk in midair and land on his side. And I think because he landed inside, he may have hurt maybe some organs and stuff. He kind of had to readjust and he caught his head on the, the ropes. It was a little bit hit and miss it was it wouldn't be one that i'd say oh you've got to go back and watch it there's plenty of other matches even on nxt level up that i watched a bit better than that but it started the show off well and then it led into what happened with the first match with sammy being there and having the hood up i mean they didn't have that pre-show match it would have made no sense for sammy to be there so i think it helped and led up to what happened throughout the show even with jd and the cash in the cash in scenarios you know it kind of helped and it made sense for him to be there and it, it got him flown over to be fair Fair enough. Well, we all got a point. We did. So, hurrah. Perhaps the easiest one to predict. Or one the of the first of many, or... I'm sure. Sponsored well, by Betfred. Sponsored by Paddy Power. 
It's the right. prediction league. We open the event officially then with the World Heavyweight Championship in which Seth freaking Rollins, Joe, defeated Drew McIntyre. I thought this was actually a really good match. Like, it's really competitive and I don't think Drew, you know, didn't look weak in this match, you know, and he, he, he almost had it on very few occasions and I even looked at that and I was like, how can he not have won this? And then he lost on the very thinnest of margins. And yeah, I thought this was a really good match, like good, good, solid opener. I really enjoyed this match. Well, two of us went for Rollins, correctly, me and Jamie. Yourself and Dan went for Drew. Are we disappointed that Drew didn't pick it up, Dan? Or does it make sense or would would it have made more sense for Drew to have finally dethroned him? I think that the weeks of build of Rhea Ripley caught in both of them and trying to get him to join the Judgment Day, it's kind of like, well, why did you just, why did you waste my time for two or three weeks doing these backstage segments and these teasers? And then all of a sudden on Raw, Drew McIntyre turns up in his big car and they go, oh, how does it feel to lose? And then he just drives back off and doesn't say anything. Like it just, that bit didn't make sense. But the overall Seth keeping the belt, the attempted cash in, and now it's leading into the, the combination of war games in a couple of weeks. I suppose if you see where it's leading to, then fair, but it just makes no sense on tally. The build that we've been doing for two or three weeks of, I mean, that may still happen. Um, there's rumours of it being a five on five war games match at Survive Series, maybe around. Yeah, because it is only four side. on four at the moment, isn't it? Which is slightly strange. But there's rumours of um, Randy Orton coming back and being on the face team and Drew McIntyre going to the dark side. CM um, Punk. Yeah, it could, it could be the punk. Apparently his biography on the alumni section is being constantly edited over the past I week on WWE.com. Yeah. So any anything is possible. Um, but yeah, traditionally it's five on five. In NXT, we had a three on three on three War Games match one year, which was very strange. So it can be done in any different combination. If you play in 2K23, you can have a 4v4 or a 5v5 which is on the 2K23 uh, game. So they could do it, but it would be nice if they did add some extra chips to the table and made it a five on five. Just adds it more to a spectacle, doesn't it? Indeed. Yeah, I um, I enjoyed I enjoyed the match. I thought it was a very strong up. Now, I, was, I know I went with Rollins to pick up the win anyway, but I was disappointed because you just kind of think, I know they're wanting to bring some prestige to this title and keep it in the same lineage of the world heavyweight title which it is and to kind of compete with the universal title but I just I don't know if getting bored is the correct thing because because weirdly enough I mean how long has Reigns been champion for now over three years I'm yeah. still not bored with it like just because I don't know I just find it really entertaining but I, I almost feel still bored with Rollins and he only has for I don't know, six, just, seven months. So just to go on that though, like Reigns isn't wrestling every week, is he? It's still a great storyline. They did good storytelling throughout that whole thing. Whereas Seth Rollins is on TV every week, he is doing the whole same thing. And like you said last week, if you listen back to the podcast, you're talking about this thing with his back, and he's still just doing that annoying thing with his back. Like, oh, he's still how somehow getting past everybody, even though he's got that bad back. You know, Orange Cassidy did that months ago with his hand. Well, on Raw this week, I don't even know if he mentioned his back, but he came out looking fit mm-hmm. as a fiddle. Despite, well, yeah, despite wrestling and defending the world title two less than 48 hours before, um, he came out and said, oh, 
Sami Zayn challenge. I'm offering you to challenge me tonight for the world title. Let's do it in the main event. And did, and he wrestled and defended the world title against Zayn. And you're just a bit like, you either stick with what the story is or you don't, because it's just getting a bit... Well, if you watch Monday Night Raw, he said in his promo, Sami Zayn said, well, I want to face you when you're 100%. He says, Sami, no one in the back's 100%. Everyone's injured. I bet you're not even 100%. I'm going to ask you again, when do you want to face me? He's like, well, I'm going to face you tonight then. So in the promo on Raw, if you watched it, he actually said that's part of the promo. I just don't <laughs> like. I, I just don't like the back storyline. It makes no sense when he wins week in week out with such a bad back that his career's about to end. But I said that last week. I said that every week. So it, again, well, any, any match all the hurdles. Yeah, overcoming all the obstacles. And doesn't he, he just... is the true underdog, but he ain't it better than Orange Cassidy. Lord. Speaking of overcoming the hurdles, Rhea Ripley Dan did yeah. uh, overcome the hurdle of four other women defending the um, Women's World Championship in a match that we all successfully said Rhea would retain, despite me secretly hoping that Nia Jax is going to. I think this was probably, dare I say it, one of the matches of the night. I really enjoyed this. I thought it was a coming out party for Zoe Stark. I thought she did really, really well. She put over all of the guys, and I think that's why they've rewarded her, given her a title shot now at Survivor Series. She absolutely shone in that match, but Rhea keeping the belt, Mammy being on top, it makes sense to the storyline, but you've got Seth Rollins, you've got Rhea Ripley, both still having title since Mania. Something's got to give soon. Maybe we might see a surprise coming up at Survivor Series, but no, yeah, I think it was predictable for Rhea to retain, but it, it surprised me. I thought this match was going to be a cluster and make no sense, but really good storytelling, a couple big people, couple littler people, some strong people. They made it all work, and I really enjoyed this one. Yeah. Agreed, Joe? Yeah, um, same as Dan, I really enjoyed this match. I thought the same that, because normally with multi-women matches, they can be a bit spot-fessy and a bit messy, but this one wasn't too bad. The ending kind of made sense. You know, there's sense of urgency, so yeah, I quite liked it for what it was. Yeah, I haven't really got much more to add. I thought it was entertaining for what it was. I didn't feel the need to go and have a bathroom break or anything in regards to that. So I did watch it. There was another match I did have a bathroom break on. Let's talk about it now. EO Sky successfully defe- defeated Bianca Belair to uh, retain the WWE Women's Championship. Um, and yeah. Dan and Jamie were the only two that got points because Joe, we both said Bianca. Funnily enough, I actually went and made tea during this match, but I did see the ending. So, well, well, what did you think? What do you think of the ending? But more importantly, what did you think of the result? Um, yeah, predictable. Well, for me and Jamie, it was predictable. Uh, maybe not for you. Um, but um, the actual match, <laughs> the actual match, no idea, no idea what happened. But we've seen rumours of Kyrie saying coming back, coming back. What's going to happen? And I forgot, I completely forgot during the pandemic that um, you know. Scott, not you, Sky Bailey attacked um, Kyrie Sane and took her out of commission. And now it's actually long term storytelling. They're, they're playing off the back oh, of this. Is this the end of damage? Control? That, pirate she's Princess not a, is back. Well, she's not a pirate anymore, is she? The, they, she is. If you listen carefully to the commentary, they oh, said, they Oh, it? here's the pirate princess. She's she's doing the insane elbow. They, they said it about three times on commentary. But she is the pirate princess. Anything pirate. I didn't see her, um, what did they call it? What do they call the wheel that they steer? I'm sure it's got a proper oh, name. Is it the stern? 
Something like that. The bit, the wheel. She didn't have the wheel in her hand. Let's that, say that really that. old toy where it's just like a stick in a wheel. <laughs> yeah. like Drew McIntyre is currently not Drew McIntyre. What's his name? The the guy who does McIntyre. Michael McIntyre. Drew McIntyre's brother. He's got the wheel. <laughs> there we go. The wheel. I hate that show. The wife. The wheel. I always think so thick. The people I, they get on there are personalities. They're not actual quizzes, and it really bugs me. I'm a quizzer. Like, get me on there. It wouldn't be it wouldn't be entertaining because I get everything right, but get me on right. there. Like, like same with catchphrase. They're, like, they're literally yeah. just like somebody walking and I don't know, pe- Penny Lane. Uh, no. Carsport. <laughs> Carsport. <laughs> Where's the that, lead? That was a that was that was an actual answer, Dan. That was an episode of Tally yes. and I watched of catchphrase and there was we, a we still do every and it now shows and again. A red car, like obviously a sports car, and it and it's filled got, like, with an old fag hanging out of it. A basketball bouncing, a football, and he goes, uh, uh, car sport. <laughs> Terrible. What, and, and then well, the best what one, do you think? And the best one was obviously they're talking about like typical catchphrases or something, and it's Chips. He's just there. He's casually on the moon. Is he? Is it? Is, was it on the moon? I can't remember what it was. He, he was somewhere. No, he was in like a long jump. And literally just. It was the word. It was the word. It was the word. Mankind. It was the word mankind with trainers on that does a jump on a racetrack or a, or a leap. And it was obviously the catchphrase was a giant leap for mankind. And then when it revealed, he goes, where's the leap? <laughs> he starts kicking off. Where's the leap? Because he wasn't watching the catchphrase properly. For any of our international listeners who don't know what's going on here, we're talking about terrible British game shows. Um, catchphrase America. I mean, catchphrase was great. I think I'm there sure was an American version. If they they've got like Family Fortunes and stuff over there. They don't have the wheel. No, family Feud. Family Feud. No, thank God they don't have the wheel. They don't have the, they have the wheel. wheel of yet. Fortune. Yeah, well, we've got, Richard, that's coming we've got back. Richard Osman's House of Games, so we're all sorted. Wheel of Fortune's coming back over here. You, um, you, you want to show Americans a real game it. show? Let's get Americans on. Next time you're at the checkout and you hear the beep, think oh, of all the fun that you could be having on. Supermarket Sweet. There you go. Wheel of Fortune is back in the UK in 2024, hosted by Graham Norton. God. Did you, America, they've got Cash Cab back. Do you remember the one with the US or, yeah, can I go to the end of my street, please? Yeah, questions, questions on the way. But then they God. had in, they had in London, wasn't it? I love that. They've got it back in America now, Cash Cab. Is it not Amy Winehouse's dad? I'm sure he did a few episodes because he's a cabbie. Who knows? Amy Winehouse's dad? Yeah, he was a taxi driver. And then he she got in the cab and she's like, Dad, Dad, I want to go to recab. And he went, no, no, no. Oh, good Lord. My we better move Lord. on. Anyway, people, we have a new, I'm happy to report, new United States champion. That's right. The boy did it. Logan Paul defeated Rey Mysterio to get the title, Joe. Yeah, we all we all uh, predicted it, and this was I don't know. There's something off with this match. I don't know if it was Rey Mysterio, or Logan Paul. Like there wasn't it wasn't like flowing well. There was like a couple of like missed spots, and there was a there was one spot where Rey did like a backflip. And it was landed on his head, and Logan Paul had to like catch it. Yeah, fair, fair play to him. Well, no, I'm I'm going to go on this for a moment because they were all saying like how amazing and veteran that kind of thing of Logan Paul to catch him while he's landing on his head. You watch it, 
Rey Mysterio would have been fine. Logan Paul was late to where he needed to be. He should have caught him, stood up. He was late. Like, obviously, yeah. everyone was praising him and stuff for obviously doing that and catching him on his head. No, he was late to the move. That's why he was falling to the ground. He should have been there a second earlier to catch him in the air when he was supposed to, because that's what happened, because then he stood up and did the move he was supposed to do. Granted, yes, he did make it look good, like literally because he didn't I mean, at least touch he the was floor there, or anything. Yeah. He slid down and caught him, and then you could show the feet of strength of him standing up and he didn't touch the ground or anything. But I just want to point that out. Yes, a lot of people were going on to say how much of a veteran move and blah, blah, blah. Ray Mysterio would have been fine. He flips on himself all the time. I'm sure he would have literally landed on his belly and he wouldn't have landed on his head. But Logan Paul should have been there a second earlier. The right winner, though, Dan. Oh, 100%. I've already seen pictures of Logan Paul with his cowboy hat on, drinking his prime with his wicked belt. I think we can see where this is going. He's going to hold that belt now until WrestleMania, and it's going to be LA Knight. Yeah! This is Logan Paul for the US title at WrestleMania. Or it might even be at Rumble. Who knows? Do you think? I think he might lose it at Survivor Series already. Nah. No, uh, no. To, uh, to LA that Knight. is money. I mean, if you see, you know, he's going to be got the boxing with his brother Jake. You know, he's gonna he's gonna be going all over with that belt. It's publicity. You know, everyone's yeah, seen that. What's that belt? Are you defending that? You know, all of those ticky tocky people and seeing him with that title. Yeah, he's gonna bring in the viewers. I think it's good for business. Well, we all correctly predicted that and got a point. And Dan, sticking with yourself, another one that we all got a point on. Cody Rose successfully defeating Damian Priest. Yeah, this one this match was, you know, pretty decent. Um, Damien Priest was very annoyed because his briefcase had been stolen earlier in the night um, you know Cody's on the rise he wants to start rewriting his story he's having another tag team title match next week on Raw um, it made sense you know because it meant that Damien Priest could be in Saudi for uh, a potential cash in Cody Rhodes wanting to get back on with his winning ways and start building building up you know I really enjoyed this one and I think it really started to establish with Damien Priest, and he could be one of those main event players. Anything else you'd like to add, Joe? I mean, I thought it was, yeah, again, a solid match. Predictable, but the right way to go about things, because, like you just said, Dan, um, the fact he was there with the money in the bank, you know, what's he going to do, if anything? Obviously, we saw um, what was going to happen on yeah, in respect was, of that. but It was quite a good match. Like Damien Priest didn't look weak in this match at all. Um, right person won it and obviously it builds up to the story with the money in the bank briefcase as well towards you know so yes it was a really good match we have a look then at the match that i think divided a lot of people um in regards to this and i mean it divided ourselves on who we thought was going to win we've got um john cena and solo sokoa so again jamie with a point and um Joe, you also got a point on this one, so well done. Um, Thanks. No, no problem. It was an interesting match because it was very, you want to say evenly sided, but John Cena had a lot of the upper hand to start with, as you would expect. But then it was almost like domination towards the end. The way that they booked it was really strange, but I think really worked. And then mm. obviously at the end where... Solo Sokoa with the um, does he call it what Umaga called it? Is it Samoan just called the spike? Yeah, Samoan yeah. spike. Yeah. Yeah. Constantly into the neck until John Cena lost. 
it was an interesting way of doing things. And if you'd have asked me beforehand, I mean, obviously I thought Cena would win because it's been however long, like we said, thousand, how many thousand days it's been since he last won a singles match. Um, if you'd have asked me beforehand, I said oh, I would have gone, oh, no, that's not the right way to do it. But looking at the way they did it now absolutely makes sense. I think the only thing I didn't like about it was Michael Cole's commentary after and saying, he's my favourite, he's the greatest of all time and this looks like it's it and he's gone forever, blah, blah, blah. Well, he's not gone forever, we know that. And I, I ate it when every week after week after week because John Cena's been coming out and cutting promos nearly every week now saying, shall I retire, shall I retire? And again, it's just like, but we all know you're not going to unless you're five years old or not at the moment anyway. So, yeah, I wasn't too hot on the commentary the way after it finished. But, I mean, yeah, I'll go to go to you first, Joe, on that. Um, were you happy with the way it ended and was it the right result? Because me and you both went for Cena. Um, I, I pretty, I, I, I make, it makes sense why Solo Sikor went. Obviously, he's the newer guy, like Cena's the older veteran. You know, when you're that far into your career, you basically like do the honours and put over the younger talent. So it makes sense for John Cena to win. And as you said, like the end, it was almost like it's a kind of like horrible to watch where like Solo Sikor was like, you know, someone spiking him over and over and over again. But then yeah, it makes it makes sense. It makes Solo Sikor like a bigger deal. Like he was he was the enforcer of the bloodline, but like taking out somebody like John Cena. I think that kind of elevates you up even more than where where he was. And then John Cena then after the match, he shared a picture on his Instagram of like David Beckham when he had his last match for Paris Saint-Germain. Like if you follow John Cena on Instagram, like he just posts pictures. He doesn't put like any captions on them or anything. He posted that one. Then he posted uh, the other one of uh, the Warner Brothers with a... Oh, Porky pick um saying no, you know, that's, that's all folks. folks. Yeah. Give us your well, thoughts. The strike Dan. is over. Oh, well, the strike, the strike is, is, over, the is over. The actor strike is over. They've got what they wanted, so obviously it's probably gonna be the MOC of John Cena and Dwayne for now. We'll see. I mean, they always come back anyway, like you say, anyway. When WrestleMania season is calling and the paycheck is coming, I'm sure we'll see them again. Anything to add, Dan? Oh, sorry. Um, my screen went a bit funny then. No, no, pretty much. Joe summed it up. Um, couldn't have said it any better, to be fair. It was one of those matches that it kind of needed to happen, but I think it'll help the build towards WrestleMania now for both of them. Makes one look stronger, but the other one has a redemption story. Fantastic. Right then, the main event, which again, I'm happy to announce, we all predicted correctly. Roman Reigns defeating L.A. Knight. Yeah. Another match of interference after interference after interference for old Reigns, Dan. Yeah, pretty much. I think it was one of these ones. We all wanted the fairy tale story of L.A. Knight picking up the win. But some of the like promos and stuff I'd seen leading up to it. Like, yeah, he did have a few strong ones. And it was like he had a big set of nuts. But I watched this one where he did one with Kayla Braxton, like as a side bit on the bump. Kayla Braxton was asking like straightforward questions and he didn't know whether he needed the same character or whether he needed to just talk from his heart. Whereas Roman Reigns, just Roman Reigns. Um, I think with LA Knight, love his character, love what he's doing, but 
it, I don't think people would have gone, yeah, I need to tune in to see SmackDown, but I don't think it would have had as much fizzle as Roman Reigns still carrying that title. Um, and the minute that that match was about to start and they said that he's currently on 1,200 days, but the next person in front of him, I think, is Bruno's on 1,400, uh, 1,400, and um, was it Hulk Hogan's on 1,400 and Bruno's on 1,500. So I think when you work it out, you're like, oh, well, if he goes near Mania, he's pretty much going to overtake one, if not both of them. The minute they're saying that on commentary when they walk into the ring, it's a foregone conclusion, to be fair. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, as soon as he it, announced the match, it was a foregone conclusion. Yeah. But was it, <laughs> was, it, uh, was it the right decision, Jamie? Yeah, Rangers having it all the way to Mania to lose to Cody Rhodes to finish the story. There's only one way this story is finishing. Yeah, yeah, and it will be only I mean, smoking. How many times are the bloodline going to interfere in Roman Reigns' this match? Like, I know, like they're a heel factor, but like, how many times does is the match going to end in like a disqualification or like interference? It's almost like a macho man run where it's like you're like, yeah, okay, but you know, Roman Reigns is meant to be like the head of the table. He's meant to be the most dominant champion ever, and yeah, I get it, like. He might need help every now and again, but if he's having help in like every single pay per view, his like claim for like being the most dominant champion is could be taken into question, can't it? Because it'd be like, well, you can't, you can't really like pull the trigger when you need to. You need all your, your, your lackeys like Solo Sokoa to come and help you. Go on then, give us a letter grade overall, Dan, for the event. Um, C. Joe? D. Yeah, oh, I might give it a D plus. I'll yeah. give it to you. I'm sure, yeah. You <laughs> a chase, is that a on chase you watch. watch. Or watch. <laughs> yeah, there you go. A chase you. Looking at uh, the uh, pay-per-view. Oh, so, um, then... can, I, can I just do a turn here? You can. Did I get all of them right? You got... How many matches were there? Nine. You got eight out of nine. No, I, I got nine out of you nine. You got nine out of nine. <laughs> the table with one event to go puts Jamie on 58, me on 54, Joe on 50. Oh, it's over. Dan on 48. It's over. Well, the chance of me losing four points. Well, we will see. Taran's like going to make up so many different rules. Now you get five points if, you're ta- if your name You could just predict exactly the N. same as Taran and coach the <laughs> exactly. event. Exactly. He, he dared do that. But who would predict the same as Taron? <laughs> Don't well, second, so. I'm yeah. right behind the I think the Miz is going to beat Gunther for the IC title. Yeah, <laughs> I I'm think John sure Cena is going to beat Solo Sokoa. <laughs> In the rematch, yeah. Right, shall we quiz it then? Yes, so, we can. Yeah. Right, so I bring you the quiz this week. So it means I can't get a point. Ooh. So the leaderboard stands at Dan on 13, me on nine, uh, sorry, Jamie on nine, me on five, and Joe on two. We could have a hat trick of pay-per-view prediction winners and a hat trick of quiz winners, the way things are going this year. But let's have a look at it. So I call this quiz take two. I don't know why, just because there's two clues to the question. Is that because Strictly Come Dancing's midweek show is called It Takes Two? And you love Strictly Come Dancing. It's also called Take Two because for every question you can get a maximum of two points. I am going to give you for each question the opening match of an event and the main event 
of the event. All you need to do is tell me what the event was. And for the extra point, give me the year. There may or may not be a WrestleMania or multiple WrestleMania answers here. If there is, obviously, I don't want the year. Give me the number of the WrestleMania. Okay. Okay. And this is not exclusively WWE. Oh. Okay. Question one. The opening, <laughs> the opening contest to this event was John Cena defending the United States Championship in a fatal four-way against Booker T, Rene Dupree and Rob Van Dam. And the main event saw The Undertaker take on the Dudley Boys in a concrete crypt match. Give me the a event. Concrete uh, crypt match. Yes, give me the event and give me the year. As I said, a point for each. Yeah, Question two Your opening bout was Bailey defending the SmackDown Women's Championship against Asuka. And your main event was a Falls Count Anywhere match for the WWE Universal Championship. Braun Strowman defending against the Fiend Bray Wyatt. We never saw that one coming. You'll never see it coming. That's all I can say. You'll never see it coming. Question three. The opening match was an escape match for the X Division Championship. Inside the six sides of steel, with champion Chris Sabin defending against Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt, Alex Shelley, and Shark Boy. And your main event was Team Angle, Kurt Angle, Samoa Joe, Rhino, and Sting, and Jeff Jarrett against Team Cage, Christian Cage, AJ Styles, Scott Steiner, Abyss, and Tomko. This match was also in the Six Sides of Steel. Six Sides of Steel. Question four. I'm just looking at Joe Googling all the answers. (laughs) Question four. Your opening match was a Money in the Bank ladder match. Mr. Kennedy, CM Punk, Randy Orton, Finlay, Matt Hardy, and King Booker. Oh, and Jeff Hardy and Edge taking part in that match. And the main event of this event was the WWE Championship. John Cena defending against Shawn Michaels. Oh. Question. You're just a sexy boy. Sexy boy. <laughs> I'm not your boy, Tom. Question five, your opening match to the event was the Har- a tag team match, the Hardy Boys versus Eminem, of course, Joey Mercury and Johnny Nitro. And your main event was Bobby Lashley versus The Big Show versus Test versus Rob Van Dam versus Hardcore Holly versus CM Punk. For the ECW World Championship inside the Extreme Elimination Chamber. Question six. Your opening match was a Ravens Rules match with Raven against 
Saturn, that of course being Perry Saturn. And your main event was a tag team match of Hollywood Hulk Hogan and Dennis Rodman against Diamond Dallas Page and Carl Malone. <laughs> Question seven, nearly there. Your opening match was a six-man tag match. It was the NWO with Randy Savage, Scott Norton and Vincent versus Ray Trailer and the Steiner Brothers. And your main event was Hollywood Hulk Hogan defending the WCW World Heavyweight Championship against Sting. So who is Hulk Hogan facing? Sting. <laughs> Three more. Here we go. Question eight. Opening match. The Cruiserweight Open for the Cruiserweight Championship. Kid Cash defending against Gregory Helms, Funaki, Jamie Noble, Nunzio, Paul and Paul London. And your main event, the World Heavyweight Championship, Kurt Angle defending against Mark Henry. Question nine. Champion versus champion. Raw Women's Champion Becky Lynch versus SmackDown Women's Champion Charlotte Flair. And your main event, champion versus champion. Your universal champion, Roman Reigns, against your WWE champion, Big E. And question 10, the final question, your opening match was the intergender elimination tag team match. The Radicals, which consisted of Dean Malenko, Eddie Guerrero and Perry Saturn with Terry versus cool. Team Extreme, which was Jeff Hardy, Matt Hardy and Lita. And oh. your main event was for the WWF Championship, Kurt Angle defending against The Rock, Rikishi, Stone Cold, Triple H and The Undertaker in Hell in a Cell. Nice easy one to finish it off with. There we go. Lovely. So as I said, I want the event and the year for an extra point. So the first one, we had um, the elimination match for the United States title and the Undertaker versus the Dudley Boys. I will start with Joe. I got 2005 Unforgiven. Jamie. Very similar. I went for Judgment Day 04. Dan. Judgment Day 03. The event was the Great American (laughs) Bash, and it was in 2004. I'll take it. Sorry, I got that point. Happy days. I was deciding whether or not you'd only get the bonus point if you got the event right, but if you got the year right, you can. That's gold for the year. You can just throw a year out and be completely wrong with the pay per view. There we go then. So we got the Women's Championship, Bailey and Asuka, and to the Fiend and Strowman for the Universal Championship, Dan. Um, I went for 2021 and I went WrestleMania Backlash. Joe. Uh, 2020 SummerSlam. Jamie. Uh, in between both of you, SummerSlam 2021, you'll never see it coming. That's only you'll the only reason. You'll never <laughs> see it coming. And none of you did apart from Joe SummerSlam 2020. I knew it was bloody during COVID. I'd 2020 or 21. 
and it was the return, was it not, of Roman Reigns? Yeah. That the event after he won the title and hasn't lost it since. Question three then, the escape match for the exhibition title and Team Angle versus Team Christian Jamie. TNA bound for glory 09. Joe. Bound for glory 2013. Dan. Bound for glory 08. Guys, did you not hear the blatant clue I gave you? Both of these matches were inside the six sides of steel, so it had to, of course, be TNA lockdown because all the matches were in cages. Were they? Cool. And it was 2007. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. I was just trying to think of TNA the video game because you said Shark Boy, didn't (laughs) you? What a game. What a game. I was like, literally, (laughs) I know when that game came out, I was trying to figure out when he was. So I went back to college days. Oh, seven makes sense. Joe, give us your answer for number four, the Money in the Bank ladder match and Cena, Shawn Michaels, WWE title. WrestleMania 23, 2008. Uh, that was a, just give me the yeah, number. Yeah, was Rose too much, that. WrestleMania <laughs> 23, did you say? Yeah. Dan? I went WrestleMania 23. I thought, I thought it was in 2006, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, we don't, we don't, we don't need the year, but I also went for WrestleMania 23. It was a battle. Of the WrestleMania 24, 23. You're all right. So you could. Is that two uh, points. That's two one points because I said for, for that one, yeah, you didn't need the year. You could just give me the number. Ooh. What was the year? WrestleMania 23. Got <laughs> uh, WrestleMania 23. The year was 2007. The Hardys in M&M and the ECW Extreme Elimination Chamber for the world title, Dan. It was December to December and it was 2008. Jamie? Uh, December to December 06. Joe? I put Elimination Chamber 2009. It was December to December 2006. (laughs) There we go. Joe, give us your event and year for Raven and Saturn in the Ravens rules match and Hollywood Hogan, Dennis Rodman versus Diamond Dallas Page and Carl Malone. Uh, 96, Bash of the Beach. Hmm? Dan? Uh, way, no, no, it would have been way after that because Hogan debuted on that one. Um, it's Starcade 99. Jamie? Uh, Bash of the Beach 98. If you said Bash at the Beach or WCW Bash at the Beach, you can have a point. Yay. If you said 1998, you can have a point. <laughs> some bitch. Number seven then, NWO and the Steiners and Ray Trailer and main event at Sting and Hogan. Dan? Uh, 97, Starcade. Jamie? I went for Starcade 96. Joe. 97 Great American Bash. If you said Starcade, you can have a point. And if you said 1997, you can have a point. Yay! The Cruiserweight Open as the opening match and the world title, Kurt Angle and Mark Henry for the main event, Jamie. Great American Bash 08. Joe. I put 2008 Backlash. Dan. 2005 No Mercy. You said 2006. You can have a point. 
unfortunately none of you got the event and this was a slight bit of a red herring to throw in there just to kind of throw you all off this was the 2006 royal rumble oh the royal rumble did not main event in fact it didn't even semi-main event because the wwe title and the world heavyweight title were the last two (laughs) matches it was the third to last match it was when Rey mysterio won question nine the two champion versus champions matches, the men's and the women's, Jamie. Survivor Series 21. Joe. Same. Dan. Same. You can all have two <laughs> points. And the Radicals and Team Extreme and the Hell in a Cell, Dan. Um, I'm pretty sure we've all got the same 2000 Armageddon. WWE uh, Armageddon 2000, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyone else? No. No, no, that's two points for you all. Total them up. I think I know who's won this. I got nine. Thirteen. Joe? I don't uh, know how. Uh, <laughs> are you any close to thirteen? Eleven. Oh, oh, nearly. Well, Jamie gets the point, so he's now on 10. So Dan's on 13, Jamie 10, me 5, Joe 2. Did you want to say the tiebreaker, just in case? Yeah. Oh, you could have got this. Uh, my tiebreaker was going to be whoever could get in on it first, because it might be a bit obvious. Anyway. Yeah. So I will Pulse. go with your first match was Jeez. a singles match, John Cena versus Triple H. Okay. And the main event was a match which had a, a 50 man Royal Rumble. <laughs> the, greatest the greatest Royal Rumble. Royal Rumble 2021. 2018. No, 2018. 2018. 2018. Oh, Dan would have got it. He was straight yeah. in there first. Oh, well, I went straight 21. I was like, it's 18. I did it last <laughs> week in the quiz. <laughs> oh, there we go. Right, Dan, where can everybody find us on the socials? Yeah, you can find us on the Facebook, the X Threads, and Instagram. We are Grapple Cast Show. You can find our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Again, we're Grapplecast Show. Make sure you like, rate, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Lovely. Thank you very much. Well, enjoy whatever wrestling is on this week. Only God knows. There's probably, what, NXT level up on Friday, um, a bit of rampage and a bit of collision. So if you all want to partake in that, please do. Other than that, we shall see you all next week. Enjoy your weeks. Jamie, if you'd like to sign us off. Yeah, I mean, I guess without further ado... Chin up, tits out, and watch for the shoe. Ta-ra, guys. Bring the bell!